It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And we begin the Lombardi Line presented by Ben MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at. South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Wes, we got a lot to get to today. Of course, we're going to have Steve Mackinnon join us here in hour number one. He's got great numbers uh, from Point Spread Weekly that we'll discuss and certainly some news that you can use there. And then Lou Finnecaro is going to join us in hour number two as we look ahead to not only uh, game four of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight, and Lou will give us his thoughts there, but also a sneaky good card in mixed martial arts again this weekend uh, that we'll take a look at here on a Wednesday before we get to Saturday. So I mentioned game four. We got a lot to get to, but I do want to start with the breaking news of the day. And that is that you watched the Westminster dog show last night. <laughs> I so, did. And I'm going to watch part two, probably tonight, at least a little bit. And then they have, of course, oh, there's uh, a part two. Yeah. They have best in show. They have seven different groups there. So, you know, they have the, the toy, the non-sporting, okay. the sporting, the hounds, the terriers and all that stuff. So, so, so when, so when Christopher guest and they made one of the funniest movies of all time called best in show. Mm-hmm. Of the, a spoof of the Westminster Dog Show. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me they did it accurately? Because I absolutely love that movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just see all the different breeds. And, I mean, they take this seriously. They got to examine, like, the bite. Yeah. And they got to feel the texture to see if this is a 
a bred proper dog and you know then they do the little thing and everybody claps they do the little run and and all that so who's your money on oh gosh i i have no idea it's ne- it's never the dogs that i like that oh, ever win this thing to be honest it's kind of like best picture you, in, in the movies you, you it's never not, get never the, the beautiful like. golden retrievers yeah. or the dobermans or anything it's always like these little furry fifi dogs <laughs> that that win this damn thing so well it's not it's not i'm not the target audience I, I, apparently not but i will just say this a shout out to the late great uh, fred willard if you haven't seen best in show kids and you want a, an amusing time uh he's one of the funniest characters in cinematic history with his portrayal of the play-by-play uh, the color commentator rather for mm-hmm. the westminster dog show it is hilarious I do want to get to game, game four of the NHL uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals tonight because I feel like this series has been resurrected with what we saw in game three. I think we all, not we, but most people thought this thing's dead in the water after game two, seven, nothing, Colorado, they roll. And all of a sudden, after what we saw in game three, it feels like it's been flipped. And certainly the odds have flipped here. And you look again, it's kind of very similar to what it was in game three, almost even money here, minus ten each way for the Avs and the Lightning here as we get ahead to game four. And the total has not moved. It's been a six right across the board here. Right now, juiced a little bit to the under at minus $1.15. Are we going to get more of the same when it comes to goal scoring? And will we get more of the same when it comes to home ice? Well, based on uh, how it's being bet right now, you're seeing you're seeing the under now get bet yet again because maybe it's the do factor. I don't know. It's pretty much juice to the under six minus one twenty minus one twenty five. Mm-hmm. I would lean that way, but boy, I've been burned a couple times on the total this series. Uh, by the way, I think there's one book out there actually has gone down to five and a half juicy over minus one twenty five. Uh, that being DraftKings, but pretty much BetMGM's minus one twenty five, mm-hmm. Circa Sports minus one twenty five here at the South Point. It's under minus one twenty. So. That's what I think. I mean, because this is such, I think, a pivotal game where it's like now Tampa Bay has shown a little bit of a pulse. So can they go forward and kind of carry the momentum a little bit? Because I thought that I thought that they were very good. They got outshot, but mm-hmm. you didn't feel like Colorado was just dominating the pace. And a lot of that, I think that shots on goal advantage came later in the game when the game was pretty much out of reach. And all of a sudden Tampa's just playing defense and absorbing pressure and, you know, blocking shots and whatnot. So, uh, you know, the big push, I mean, if you saw what the avalanche did in the shot attempts in the third period, I think it was 39 to 32. Wow was the final margin, but in the third period, it was 27 to three. So it's like, okay, now you got going when you're down three or four goals. So that's when you made your push, but injuries going to play a part here. A lot of injuries, a lot of key guys, by the way, uh, John Cooper said Kucherov is a go tonight (laughs) for game. Number four, Braden point is not. And on the avalanche side, Andre Barakovsky, he didn't go in game three either. He's not going to go tonight, but just was put out there by Jared Bednar. I think they did the uh, media availability just now for the morning skate mm-hmm. down there in Tampa. And Jared Bednar said, uh, Kadri is a officially a GTD, a oh, wow. game time decision. And okay. Nazim Kadri, who you know have, has been out since game three of the Western Conference Huge. Finals, when he took that cross check up in Edmonton from Evander Kane and, and you know, busted his hand up, basically. So, he is a game time decision. I know he's been skating, but they're not revealing that. Obviously, Kadri has been a big time scorer for the Avalanche and even makes them a little bit more dangerous offensively. But there also is the point of, okay, how much do you play him? Even if you do play right. him, how many you shifts do you, you limit really the get? shifts yeah. to, you know, limit that ice time, maybe, you know, take it easy and just kind of gradually work him back in because the Avalanche 
haven't really had trouble scoring goals. No. So, you know, Kadri just gives you an added bonus to that. And maybe there's going to be some over money once it's confirmed, okay, he's going to go. And that won't be right until before faceoff since it's a game time decision. But I'm probably going to take one more dip <laughs> Stab in the, the end water of- <laughs> because, you know, and that's the one thing, you know, sometimes as better as we can get a little stubborn. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm being stubborn here, but. I do tend to think that this is going to be like a 3-2 game. I thought we were going to see that actually on Monday night. We certainly did not, but you're seeing the under certainly. I think I think there's more tickets on the over, but there's probably more money on the under if we look at the betting splits and just based on what I'm monitoring for the screen. Uh, there is a place here in town, by the way, that is doing a six with no vig to the under. It's kind of a little bit more of a book geared toward what I would call casual players or public players. We could just stay at station casinos out sure. here is it, is it six. So if you want to bet the under, that's probably where you want to go. If you're here in Las Vegas, you know, it, it is interesting. And it's, I think it's the give take with hockey that makes me certainly love it, respect it. And also go, man, that seemed like a cheap shot. I'm talking about Kucherov at the end of game three. It's in the third period. Colorado's down six to two and he gets absolutely mauled up against the boards. And then of course he wants to fight, but he's hurt. So now, you also playing into that under, do you worry about Kucherov? And again, you mentioned that John Cooper said he's going to go, right? And you, you know Kucherov wants to give it a go as well. But when you know that he's not going to be clearly 100% mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. and you look at him as the key cog, and certainly right now the favorite, uh, if, if Tampa Bay comes back and win the, wins this thing, he, he's right up there uh, to win the, the MVP award. What do you make of Kucherov's situation? And by the way, did you think it was dirty at all when, when the hit happened in the third? Yeah, borderline. That's, that's kind of hockey, right? Borderline, I think. Uh, but, you know, when you look at this and and you just look at the goaltending, Darcy Kemper, it's been proven that he's beatable Yes, in this series. And, you know, he's been okay throughout the playoffs. He hadn't had to really be great when you've got that kind of offense in front of you and a really good defensive team, too. And that's, I think, been the big difference for the Lightning going up against the Avalanche because we saw the Lightning earlier in the Eastern Conference playoffs, first round against Toronto and then the second round against Florida. Those are highly potent offensive teams, right? But their defense is maybe you know a little leaky and and not exactly elite. Whereas Colorado, they don't get enough credit probably for their defense, and they're probably not getting it right now, considering they just gave up six goals in game number three. But you know, I I think the defense for Colorado, they got a pretty good structure there, and credit Tampa Bay too. They only limited Colorado to two goals because. I just felt that that defense was a little bit better than they showed in games number one and two. Part of that might have been the altitude, not being used to it a little bit, and the fact that they just looked a step slow. But, you know, they looked a step slow against the Rangers they did. when they started the series. So that's four straight road games, you know, in games one and two that they lost. Because remember, they lost two in the Garden. But, you know, Vasilevsky I thought was much better. Tampa Bay home ice actually mattered for those guys. You know, they're stymieing, I think, the opponents really in the playoffs. They're only limiting the the opponents to six or fewer high-danger chances in six of the nine home games that they played in the playoffs. So, Vasilevsky was excellent, I thought, on Monday night. I would expect him to be the same this time. But Tampa Bay's offense does get a boost at home. 3.9 goals a game at home, only 2.4 when they are on the road. So, leaning under here, have not made a decision, though, yet. But if I go, that's probably where I'm going to end up going again and probably getting disappointed I, for a third straight time. But I love the way you, you, you kind of phrase it as being stubborn, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of a similar fashion here, but it came to the series. Now, I didn't bet it uh, before the series began. 
Now, after the Lightning fell down one zip, I did take Tampa at that point at the plus 250 price tag. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's still about market-wide what you're seeing here for them to win as they're down two games to one. I didn't hop in after game two when it was up as high as almost five to one. You can get plus 480 at some places out here in Las Vegas. Obviously, those numbers are long gone. Was I, was I correct in my, uh, I guess, assertion of, all right, I've already got a piece even though down one out, I didn't know how game two was going to turn out. Right. And certainly when they when they fall behind and they lose seven nothing, to hop in at that price point because at that point it did almost feel too good to be true. So I laid off. Well, I mean, I think it was right to jump in at that point on Tampa Bay if you were even going to jump in on Tampa Bay was because they're fourteen and one at home in the playoffs. So this is a team that you know holds serve on home ice, and also this is a team you got to look at the fact that hey they've won two Stanley Cups in a row there's something to be said for experience so it's like can they go steal one right you know and and, and you know they did they didn't really have to go to game 7 against the rangers but they were a team that you thought okay they can go steal one here on the road now can they do that at colorado that remains to be seen, but she almost knew at least that Tampa Bay, that they're too proud and they're too good to get swept even by this highly potent Colorado offense. And I do think Colorado is the better team in the mm-hmm. series. And I think that they are going to win the series. I said six games to start the se- the series. Uh, I'm not necessarily deviating from that, but you know, Tampa Bay at least showed that, Hey, we're still, we're still the bulls. We're still the Tampa yeah. Bay lightning, the two time defending Stanley cup champions. So you knew that they weren't going to go down without at least a little bit of resistance. Pride falls the hardest. I believe is somewhat what some would say. So, you know, you got a lot of personal and professional pride, certainly with Tampa Bay. And so far it has not fallen because that game three was a resolute win for Tampa Bay to get back in this series. If they can even this thing up tonight, I'll be very interested to see where the price points go. If it goes back to where it was before this best of seven began but if it goes three one mm-hmm. that number is going to skyrocket so uh plan accordingly if you want to hop in on tampa and or colorado when we come back let's talk about the most volatile sport in the world golf come on back with us it is visa the sports betting network Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the Lombardi line. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. I mentioned as we were going to break the most volatile sport in the world. I know some people might say the NBA is the king of the drama. Right? Mm-hmm. Where's Kyrie going to go? Kevin Rantz yelling at Charles Barkley on Twitter. It's golf. Every day in the world of golf, it just feels like I don't know what to wake up to because it feels like it's ever-changing. It right. feels like the United States Open was four weeks ago already. It just wrapped up on Sunday with Matthew Fitzpatrick winning the United States Open. And then we had the drama of Brooks Kepka, who, by the way, he has not, even though Live Golf and everybody else has said, you're coming to Live Golf, he hasn't said a thing. Now, he did strike, he kind of wipe off his, uh, yeah. his social media. There's no PGA Tour he, mentions He was, uh, by the way, a withdrawal from the Travelers last night. So Mark Hubbard gets his spot in the yeah. field. And Justin Thomas out, not because he is leaving the well, tour. That's he, those... has, he has a back <laughs> issue. He was the third choice on the board. He's not behind, going to live golf. Yeah, behind Rory McIlroy, behind Scotty Scheffler. So Justin Thomas, I believe, 12 to 1-ish, pretty much market average. But he's dealing with the back issue, put it out there 
this morning. So he is a withdrawal. Satoshi Kodaira takes his spot in the field. So still got four of the top 10 in the official world golf rankings, at least at the Travelers this week. Travelers, you know, been getting good fields for several years now. This is actually the uh, the 70th anniversary of the Travelers. Oh, wow. uh, a lot of history there in Hartford from all the way in the 1980s. I saw, and I got to tweet this out. I saw a great picture somebody tweeted out. This used to be Canon. Uh, remember the film company? Yeah. Used to yes. be the sponsor of this. And it was the Canon Sammy Davis Jr. Greater wow. Hartford Open. And they showed a great picture with old Sammy Davis Jr., the candy man himself with Pat Summerall, oh, the longtime on. voice of the CBS. I'm like, live golf can't give you that. No, they but can't. apparently the PGA Tour's not giving you that either. It used to be they always had the celebrities. They always had Bing. They had Sammy Davis, Andy Williams, Jackie Gleason. Wow. There was always like a celebrity attached to like these pro-ams. Maybe they ought to go back to that. I think it's a good idea. I will say the most controversial part of yesterday in, in the world of golf it was not Brooks Kepka was he going to play at the Travelers and then he withdraws from it. And by the way, you could have gotten Brooks here around 45 to 1, and then boom, he bolts. I don't know if that was a. PGA Tour, wink, wink, Brooks, your services are no longer required, don't show up, or it was actually all Brooksy just saying, I'm not going to play. I thought the most controversial moment in the world of golf yesterday came from Colin Morikawa, mm-hmm. and Colin Morikawa tweeted out, because there was rumors about Colin Morikawa, and he said, hey, in a nutshell, I'm not going to live golf. The most important decision I have to make is, which cereal am I going to pour into my milk? And it got the golf world a buzzing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who pours the cereal yeah. into the milk? Yeah, apparently. You pour the milk into the cereal, Colin. Justin Thomas and Max Homa gave him the business about that, of course, on social media, on the Twitter, on the Instagram, about that. Like, who are you? Who does that? Is he, I don't know <laughs> if he's either crazy or revolutionary. Have you ever even tried it? Because, like, the only time you ever pour cereal into milk is when you put in more cereal after you've already well, eaten the first well, part and there's well, still hell, the some guy, milk the, residue. The guy played a draw last week when he's yeah. a natural fader of the golf ball and actually was in <laughs> contention in the leader after 36 holes. So, you know, it's tough to go against Colin Marikow. Remember last year when it's like, oh, you can't play Lynx golf. He's like, I can't get my club through the ball on this thick turf. And wins. So then we all, like, stay away from her or, like, fade him in matchups at the Open. And what does he do? He wins the Claret Jug. Two-time major champion already, Colin Marikow. So if he wants to put in the milk second it's just bizarre. Then you got to let a two-time champion do what he wants to do. By the way, he's not playing this week. Of course, he's getting ready uh, for the Open Championship next month over in Scotland. So when you do look at today's news of Justin Thomas not being there, Brooks Kepka not being there, I don't know if that would have affected your handicap one way or the other. Do you shorten up some other guys when you take out a couple big guns like a Brooks Kepka and like a Justin Thomas and go, all right, maybe it will get easier in air quotes, mm-hmm. for the chalkier players at the top of the board. Yeah, you're going to see a little bit of an adjustment. I think some shortening of the prices. And I'm uh, digging through, actually, as we speak, okay. obviously, with the third choice on the board being taken out. So you've seen a little drift now on Patrick Cantlay. I got it 16 to 1. You're now seeing him like 11, 12 to 1. Yeah. Xander Shoffley is now about 16 to 1. Sam Burns about the same. So those guys dip a little bit. Spieth down from 25 to 22. Neiman, pretty much 28 or 25. But, yeah, you'll see little drifters here, little shorteners, I guess, throughout the week, I should say. So, 
Probably not going to affect the guys, obviously, way down the board, starting in the mid-range and below. Uh, I don't think the Kepka withdrawal really affected the market at all. No. But Thomas clearly does. You know, it, there's a, a name on the board that I like that's off the first page of the board. And it's a guy that this will not be a surprise to you, maybe not even our, our recent viewers and listeners, because it's been somebody I've been on and waiting for. And he's already won on the PGA Tour, just not this year. But he had another nice showing at the United States Open, and I'm seeing him get him around 50 to one uh, out here at some places. And that's Aaron Wise, mm-hmm. and and I, I like a player like that. It, you know, it's something we talked about yesterday with Lynn Hochberg, who we had on the program, who used to uh, do the golf for Washington Post for decades. And that is, I don't know that I like players that really grinded it out last week at the United States Open. And I know that Aaron Wise did. Yeah. Right? But I'm talking about elite players. Yeah. Because I wonder if they kind of take emotionally a step back and go, all right, it is the travelers. So, sure, it'd be nice to win, but I might not put in all that grinding of the gears to, to get this done. Whereas an Aaron Wise may. Now, I do like Keegan Bradley also at that number. You see 33-1 to one here. I, I played Keegan Bradley I think it's a week. smart play. There's a guy that I don't know if he's returning to championship form. People might have forgotten he's a PGA uh, championship winner. But he does feel like something's happened with Keegan. And I'm not saying he's turning back the hands of time here, but he does feel like we're getting back to the the early, you know, 2010s Keegan Bradley when he was mm-hmm. a, a name and a regular at the top of leaderboards. Yeah, I, I think absolutely right. And and he was actually the runner-up here in 2019, lost to Chez Reeve, but mm-hmm. Bradley gets another home game. He was obviously very pumped up, but I think he gets some momentum. Look, he didn't win the U.S. Open, but that was his best major championship finish, I think, since 2014 when it was at Pinehurst number 2, that being the U.S. Open and Bradley also finished T7, so that means when you're in the top 10 at the U.S. Open, you get the invite for next year. So he doesn't have to worry that he has to qualify. He is going to be in at LA Country Club mm-hmm. next year, so that carries some momentum. That's just one less thing when you're a tour player, and you know the the real top guys don't have to worry about this. But it's like, okay, I know I'm in this major. I know I've got this World Golf ranking because now Keegan Bradley was like, I think at about 90th at the end of the year last year. He's back in the top 50. If you're in the top 50, and that's why world ranking points are so important, and that's what live why these live golf uh, organizers are trying to say, hey, we need the ranking points because guess what? If you don't win on the PGA Tour and you're not playing on the PGA Tour, that obviously means you can't qualify for right. these majors because you don't have a PGA Tour win. So it's all about the world ranking points. So now Keegan Bradley's in the top 50. When you're in the top 50, basically, in the official world golf rankings, you can get in any major. You can get in pretty much any tournament. You pretty much write your ticket, make your own schedule. But I want to go back to what you said about Aaron Wise. Yes. Because just looking at him, because he's somebody I considered. He was one of the last guys I left off. I think I might have played him in a matchup. But if you look, last 20 four rounds he is fifth in this field on strokes gain approach and I always talk about different stats when you're doing your handicapping or your modeling or you're just kind of starting to do this a little bit approach is always kind of like a mainstay mm. because that is your iron play you know because all these courses you always hear the cliche this is a second shot golf course right well what's your second shot that's your approach so Aaron wise I, I said fifth over the last 24 rounds actually third if you go back over the last 36 rounds Got to improve the short game a little bit. That's kind of the the deficiency around the green as well. You look strokes gain short game. I think he's 79th in this field over the last 36 rounds. But then you look third on approach, 10th tee to green, 12th in strokes gain total. So this is a guy maybe that can be a contender down the board. And this is going to be 
you know, that's why I attack the middle of the market a little bit more with the guys like Bradley or yeah. with the guy like Leishman or I like Brendan Leishman Steele, too. Mm-hmm. those guys, Joaquin Neiman when he was in the 30s. Because I think it's going to matter more to these guys. Look, everybody wants to win, but these top guys that were right in the fight of that major, Rory McIlroy won in Canada, was right there at least a little bit on the periphery on Sunday and has been, you know, fighting this fight and had to be made available to the media, kind of being the flag bearer for the PGA Tour. Maybe he's just kind of exhausted this yeah. week. And when I was looking at the form sheet of all these guys, none of these guys like Scheffler or McElroy that have played here before never really had good finishes. The guy that actually probably had the best record was Patrick Cantlay, who once shot 60 here as an amateur when he was still at UCLA back in 2011. Can I ask you about one other guy before we go to a break? And I, I tweeted about it jokingly. I had an Englishman to win the United States Open. I just had the wrong one. I had Tommy Fleetwood, mm-hmm. right? And I, you know, I like to call him affectionately British Jesus. I, I, how do I, do I stop playing him? Because when is he going to show up again? And I look at the number 40 to one for fleets. What's happened to this guy? This was well, another Ricky Fowler. Oh, he's just a matter of time until he wins and, a major. And he has been playing better. And, you know, he kind of got his momentum stifled, did not make the cut last week. But, you know, sometimes there's such a thing as buy on the dip. I could see Tommy Fleetwood going well here. I think he is going to get on the board at some point this summer. Maybe it'll be until the fall, but he'll be a guy like after this week, he's going to go over probably and play maybe the Irish open. Maybe you'll skip that and play the Scottish. And then of course the open championship, but Tommy Fleetwood has shown some improvements in his game. Just kind of ran into a wall last week. Sure did. He has great hair. That is for sure. That is awesome. Hair is undeniable. He's got the best hair out of the Brits. That's one thing he has over Matthew Fitzpatrick, but I think Matthew would rather have the trophy. When we come back, Steve Mackin is going to join us and maybe tell you about some bad teams that you might be able to make good money on. We'll discuss mm-hmm. when you come back with us right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage. Yes, it's coming soon. Premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to have our Point Spread Weekly editor, Steve Mackinan, join the program each and every Wednesday with his numbers. Steve, great to have you back on. We're talking about streaks. I feel like it's old school. We're going streaking. And we're going to try to identify maybe some bad teams that we can make some good money on. And what you've done and identified in this edition of Point Spread Weekly, teams on losing streaks, right? Like a, a team that's on a four-loss losing streak, the next game that they play, you're right around 50-50, 51.7% uh, that they get a victory. But once you get to five, six, and seven losses in a row, Steve, it really looks like you've got some profitable trends. Tell the people what you found with some of these streaks. Yeah, well, hey, recently, I'm sure everybody who has been betting baseball has picked up on the fact that there's been a lot of streaking uh, over the past month or so. I mean, we've had multiple teams go on winning streaks of up to – well. Actually, Atlanta in 14 games at that one point before they lost to the Cubs, who ironically had lost 10 in a row at the time inexplicably. 
but there's been a ton of streaks lately, so it got me thinking, why not look into what the chances are of extending streaks or ending streaks? And uh, I guess what I have found, uh, if you want to summarize it, is if you're looking at losing streaks, if you get to the seven-game mark, a team loses seven straight games, you might as well ride the streak out. Just keep fading that team. For winning streaks, once you get to the five-game winning streak or longer, ride that team favorably. Keep backing them. And that seems to be very mm-hmm. profitable. Certainly, boy, you know, you think, well, the streak's going to end at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, certainly in the case of the Braves, my goodness, think about probably some pretty good numbers with a good baseball yeah, team. They, that you yeah, they went 14 in a row, got broken last weekend up there in Chicago. But kind of to Steve's point, and Steve, I want to ask you about this, if you ever play this angle. I know Dave Tooley up at VEASAN.com every day has his Tooley's Take column. And mm-hmm. part of that column usually is like examining some of these, you know, long or rather short-term winning or losing streaks and he likes to have an angle where you have a team that gets a longer winning streak and likes to play against them next game I think he calls it or terms it the anti-swagger plays Uh, (laughs) do you find yourself Steve ever kind of playing that angle you know like when uh, the Yankees you know win win nine in a row and then finally lose and then the next game now it didn't work out like that on Monday but do you often find okay a team has a long winning streak ended that you can play against them the next game as well I, I agree with that concept. Now, obviously, uh, being doing what I do and know, being known for what I, I am, I, I like to back anything I play with data. Uh, and the data I have chosen for this piece goes back to the beginning of last season. So uh, there were during that stretch, there were 236 different stretches of teams losing at least four games in a row and 230 stretches of teams winning four games in a row. So that's quite a bit of data to go on. And uh, obviously, it's sort of a maybe a recency trend, only look back a year and a half. But, uh, but I, I think what we have found here is there is some substance to uh, the data that I did, did study. Let's go with some of that data here and how it might correlate with a game today. And that could be the Reds at home against the Dodgers as they find themselves – on the uh, opposite end of a streak they don't want to be on. That's a solid losing streak. You got the Dodgers coming in, and right now I'm seeing that total uh, about 9.5 with the Dodgers, a road favorite of about a minus $1.60. Steve, I know that it doesn't necessarily correlate uh, to the to the run line as well, but I know some people might say, all right, Reds are down. Maybe I'll just lay the run and a half as well with the Dodgers to extract some of the uh, the value there from the minus dollar sixty and get it down to a dollar five. Or do you just like following the trend, lay the dollar sixty with the Dodgers and ride this out? Okay, so the losing five in a row, generally, just overall over the last year and a half, the Reds have forty four point seven percent chance to win. Not not uh, counting any odds or anything like that. Forty four point seven percent. The ROI has been exactly zero percent, so there's no advantage, real way, in either way to that. Now, some of the systems that I have uncovered, so I, I go down to losing uh, in my article, losing streak betting system number six. It says teams that have lost their last four games or more, but are getting reasonably good pitching during that skid have been solid wagers. So. When I say reasonably good pitching, I mean six runs or less during that losing streak, and obviously. Uh, with a team losing four games or more, they're probably giving up a lot of runs. So reasonably good pitching is six runs or less. Now, unfortunately, the Reds have given up 33 runs in this five-game streak, so they're over that six, so there's no advantage there. 
this is a, a game in particular when looking at my streak data that doesn't really fit anything real strong either way. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, by the way, uh, two losing streaks really right now in baseball. It's the Reds at five in a row, the Cubs three in a row. But, Steve, I know you're more data-driven, as you mentioned, but – how much do you look at market? Because, like, today it is Tyler Anderson against Luis Castillo. Dodgers and Reds, third games of four in the series there at the Great American Ballpark. And all of a sudden you're seeing Castillo get a little trickle of money here. I think 145 was the opener. Now you're seeing it as low as 130. So do you find in looking at that, and I don't know how deep you dig into the market looking at the screen, do you find that betters, you know, they just go ahead and say, okay, they're going to be stubborn and try to beat a winning streak? Well, I tell you what, if there's any chance the Reds are going to win today or end the streak, it's probably today because Theo's one of the top pitchers. Dodgers aren't exactly clicking right now. You got Mookie Bats out. Right. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to think this streak probably ends today. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, I'm fascinated by some of these other where you really dig into it and not just the, the you know, we're on a five-game winning streak, five-game losing streak, but you really break it down by where they're playing. How about this? Teams in winning streaks are five games or more, 82-36 and 36, uh, in their next game when playing as home favorites. So when you get a hot team at home, do you – don't even mind how big the favorite might be. You're just going to back them because that system play seems to be very profitable. That's what it seems like. And West talks to the uh, looking at the betting market and basically the betting market, when you're looking at a home favorite, they're telling you they're favored. The, the odds makers are telling you this team has a good chance of, of extending this streak. So a lot of times it's don't even swim upstream against it. Just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's so hard to beat streaks, but betters I think are stubborn. Like sometimes I think I fall into that category to be fair. You know, we always got to take an inventory of ourselves as a better. And it's like, <laughs> you're always trying to go against the streak. You're like, okay, this is the point. This is the time where we got to go against it. Like Cubs pit uh, pirates tonight. Mm -hmm. Cubs getting the money. Cubs got a three-game losing streak here. 25 and 43 have been playing really bad baseball. But yet the betters, I think it was Mike, minus 105. This is about a 20, 25-cent move already on the Cubs this today, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. Keegan Thompson's been their best pitcher, though, so, uh, of late. So you want to consider that as well. Probably a lot of the reason they're getting the money here. And let, let's face it, I mean, if a team's going to lose – and the losing streak, it's probably a good chance if they're playing the Pirates that's going to happen in that case. You know, one of the things, too, about these teams on winning streaks, five wins or more, Steve, which is interesting to me because it almost seems counterintuitive, that if they're not scoring that many runs, right, it's not all offense-driven, scoring less than four and a half runs per game, 58 and 32 straight up, and that's since the start of last season in 2021. So is that the, the, the simple equation there for me, Steve, is they're getting really good starting pitching? Yeah, from my experience and my in my I guess my betting philosophy with baseball is pitching tends to be a little more consistent than hitting. You can go in you can go in stretches where you you hit the ball real well and all of a sudden you're averaging five and a half runs a game. You you go four or five games where you score a total of eight runs and then you're down the other way. So, uh, but if you're getting that pitching, you're getting good bullpen uh, work. Uh, that's a little more backable in my opinion. Steve got about uh, 60 seconds here. What's out in point spread weekly this week? I know it is making their way into the inboxes as we speak mm -hmm. here this morning. So what do we got in this week's edition? Well, we got you in there, Wes, with another golf <laughs> preview. Uh, it's solid. It's every week. Your golf previews are solid. Uh, I, 
I have never been that uh, big of a golf fan until I started uh, reading Point Spread Weekly, and uh, I gotta thank you for that. So uh, we got a lot, lot of other stuff in there, a lot of baseball, uh, USFL playoff projections. Um, I have my college uh, football piece on transitional systems with uh, looking at the team's personnel, kind of a uh, carryover from last week's stability study of how you can use these to put uh, your season win total uh, wagers in. So uh, a lot of good stuff. Matt Yeomans on baseball. Uh, we got uh, Jeremy Plonk on horse racing, Lou on UFC, just your usual solid issue, I guess, if you ask me. All right, very quickly as we wrap it up, since you've been reading Wes and, and certainly his, his golf write-ups, uh, Kyle Morikawa puts in the milk first and the cereal second. <laughs> How do you do it, Steve? <laughs> I think in America you do it the, the normal way. <laughs> you put the cereal in and then uh, the, the unfortunate thing about that is if you if you don't have enough as much milk as you might think, you may uh, you may misjudge it. But uh, it's your it's cereal first. I, I know it's cereal first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run on that platform, Steve. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the time and the information as always. There he is, Steve Magnin. Follow him on Twitter at the same name. Steve, appreciate the numbers. We'll catch up with you again next week when we come back. Gonna talk everything else going on in the world of baseball and certainly uh, in golf as well. Come on back. It is. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. GM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VEASAN200. Win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any MLB game and either team simply hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligible restrictions to apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. Visit and BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. A new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross as we continue the Lombardi line here on Visa. It's time to talk some Major League Baseball. And I was saying to you during the break, you know, when you look at the Metropolitans going on the road, against uh, H-Town, mm-hmm. against the Strohs. If this was 1986, this would be a National League matchup. Yeah. And it would probably be for the uh, NLCS. And, like, Jose Cruz and Mike Scott scuffing, yeah, I was scuffing look, baseball. I was looking on the screen today to see if Charlie Kerfeld he was the he's uh, not going. starter for the Astros. Sadly, uh, Doc Gooden's not going yeah. for the Mets either. And, but And good thing for the Mets, Mike Scott's not going <laughs> That's either. right. He was cheating. He was scuffing, scuffing those <laughs> baseballs. Uh, Cookie Carrasco has been pretty much a fine for the Mets, uh, getting him off the scrap heap, coming off injury. Been very solid this year going up against Luis Garcia of the Strohs. And so the Metropolitan's a small dog, and it has gone up a little bit to plus $1.20 today. Stroh's taking a little bit of the money here. You see that total at eight. How do you handicap this? Because it does feel like pitchers might take center stage today. Well, yeah, and Carrasco, by the way, has probably been better than his metrics indicate. It's 396 ERA, but a 335 fielding mm-hmm. independent, 8-2 and two and 12 starts. And Carrasco's had to be big for these guys because, of course, they've been down Scherzer. They've been down Jacob deGrom. And... You know, it's amazing that the Mets, I think, still continue to win at the clip that they are because, look, those guys are probably going to get back sooner rather than later. But the fact of the matter is they've had to use some guys that they would like to use in their bullpen as starters. And that's maybe a little bit of the cause of concern for the Mets here today because you don't you can't use Trevor Williams. No. You can't use David Peterson because these dudes have had to pitch and I think have been effective. Yeah. Have been okay as mm-hmm. starters, not world beaters, but certainly, certainly good enough. Yeah. And, you know, you do kind of have a little bit of concern, I think, for the Mets, maybe against the Astros today, because 
the bullpen, I do think, you know, it's 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 pretty thin mm-hmm. for 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 the Mets right now. And you look the Astros, Edwin Diaz has been absolutely shut down uh, a sub zero XFIP in June. So when he's come into the game, he's been able to shut him down. Meanwhile, the Mets, we I talked about Williams and Peterson. They're still without Trevor May and mm-hmm. Colin Holderman. So you look that bullpen ERA about little over four. So not horrible, but not great. But nonetheless, just uh, looking at the Astros here, I think Garcia can get at least a little bit later in the game, maybe to the sixth. And then the Astros top three bullpen in June right now for Dusty Baker, 281 on the ERA. I mentioned about, about, uh, you know, Diaz for the Mets has been kind of shut down, but a lot of the setup guys have not, have not been. And meanwhile, you look, uh, you know, Rest of the relief core, I think, for Houston, you know, relative, relatively okay. But it's really been Houston who's been hitting the righties so far, and they're getting a righty today. 348 on the OVP here in the month of June against right-handed pitching. They're getting that with Cookie Carrasco. So did not bet this game. This is 11-10 Pacific, 2-10 Eastern is going to be first pitch here. Haven't bet this as of yet. Small lean to the Astros. They're getting a trickle of money. They were $1.30 in the overnight, seeing as high as $1.35 in the market. It's interesting what a handicap and way to look at pitchers, Wes, because I think what you're doing there is you're really trying to get to you're stripping down some of the exteriors to get to the interior mm-hmm. of whether or not some of these guys might be better but, than their numbers. By indicate. the way, too, this is also the uh, getaway game for yeah. both teams because uh, Houston is going to have a series, I believe, with the New York Yankees starting tomorrow night at the stadium. Mets, of course, they're uh, going to have to travel. So sometimes when you get these early day games mm-hmm. and you get these teams and both of them got to get on a plane after the game. And they got to travel to Let's somewhere get else to start with. the next series. Eight and a half was the opener. Eight and a half minus a dollar twenty-five at a lot of places at BetMGM. I know it's already gone down to eight. So you're going to see that quite frequently because I think everybody kind of knows about that angle when you get the getaway game day with these two teams that both got to travel. You see the under usually get bet on the opener more often than not. And very quickly before we move on to some of these other games, I do want to touch upon Edwin Diaz because he has been a point of consternation for Metropolitan fans for the last couple of years. When he's good, he's sugar, and when he's bad, he's Splenda, mm-hmm. right? When you look inside those numbers and what you've seen this year from 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 Sugar Diaz, he's been great, right? Was it some of my guys that, that I'm in a group text with, diehard Metropolitan fans, are like, hey, the velocity never went away. The location did. So do you trust pitchers that still don't lose it necessarily with their stuff, but maybe just with their location? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to. I think, you know, location is – what a lot of guys learn later on in their careers. Okay. They become real estate agents, location, 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 instead of, you know, just trying to overpower guys, because we've seen that a little bit with some of these starting pitchers, you know, that come back from injuries like Strasburg and Washington doesn't have it. He he can't be that anymore. So now he has got to like retrain himself and reprogram himself to get guys out different ways. And, you know, came back for that one start in Miami now back on the injured list. So, you know, those are just so hard to come back from those type of surgeries, whether it's Tommy John or, you know, what, what Strasburg had was a little bit different, but it's so hard, you know, because then it's like, man, I think I can like overpower guys. I think I can overpower guys. Cause they see Justin Verlander who doesn't do it as much anymore, but you know, once or twice a game like Verlander, it's like, okay, I need you to really, I can you still know, reach back and get fastball it. here. Okay. Skip. And I can still touch 98. 
you know, but can't do that every single time anymore. No, that's mechanics, right? When you look at the Verlanders and certainly go back in time to the Nolan Ryans and the Roger Clemens, uh, Tom Stevers for old school people like me, they have the repeatable mechanics that mm-hmm. they have. And that's why even a guy like Cookie Carrasco here for the Metropolitans today, I'm impressed He's kind of reinvented himself from his Cleveland days of overpowering. Then he's got all kinds of issues, has to have surgeries. He's come back. And now you look at him, to your point, kind of reinvent how you have to pitch and get guys out. And I think Carrasco's been doing a better job than people thought he might be able to do. Uh, I wonder about Lucas Giolito here against Ross Stripling today for the Blue Jays against the White Sox. What type of game you might see in the south side of Chicago? Because Giolito's a guy, too. I I remember him early on his Nats days, and this Mm -hmm. is supposed to be the – the next guy, and you know he's made all-star teams, but you don't really know what you have all the time with him. Is this an ace for the Sox going today? Because right now the Jays slight favorites on the road. It hasn't really been lately. If you look at his last four starts, and Giolito, one of those litany of White Sox pitchers, by the way, that had career years in 2021. Mm-hmm. So you figured there's going to be a little regression, but at least in the short term, it's been big regression. 871 on the ERA, seven on the fielding independent pitching over the last four starts including one start where he was kind of at least okay against the Rangers. But, you know, the White Sox, I think one of the keys for these guys and why I'm still not willing to give up on them is they have the potential to get hot because the offense is starting to wake up a little bit. They're getting guys back. They just got T.A. back. You know, they got to get Grandal back and a couple other guys, and then all of a sudden they're going to be at full strength. Uh, They've been hitting the right-handers at home, and I think their numbers are so down because their April was just so anemic offensively. So the bullpen starting to get better, and, you know, if they can get some health as well as as the lineup – they're going to be okay. But uh, Stripling, uh, you know, he's been in and out of the rotation this year, but Stripling for Toronto has had some pretty good numbers when you look at it, you know, just an ERA barely over three. So he's put up some solid numbers, but the White Sox offense has been relatively weak, I think, against righties. They smash lefties, but a little bit weak against righties. So just looking at this number right now, I got to see something from Giolito before I'm going to back him. The market looks like they are backing him a little bit. They were plus 105, now basically even money in the market here. But small lean to the Blue Jays here on the road. What do you make of the the Phillies now? Was Zach Wheeler their ace going today? And they're weighing a small number on the road against Texas and John today uh, and again the total around seven and a half you know to me my eyes light up and go I trust Zach Wheeler mm-hmm. even though it is on the road and I don't have to lay a huge number here uh, what do you make of the Phillies today laying a dollar 32 is what we're seeing here at Bet MGM yeah Wheeler has been pretty good kind of been unlucky I think yeah. this year when you really look at his numbers uh, 299 on the XFIP 269 on the ERA and you know you feel like These are like Cy Young type metrics, but obviously he's not being considered for that award right now. But I got to say for Texas, Texas has been a little bit of a surprise team this year. They're only three games under 500. They're not going to contend in that division. They're not going to catch the Astros, but John Gray has, I think a little positive regression coming here. So you're seeing the total now down to seven and a half. I still like the under getaway game day for both of these teams. So Wheeler and Gray, I think we're going to get a pitcher's duel here at the ballpark. All right. So maybe play the under there is the way to go. I I like what you're doing there, Wes Reynolds. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more travelers, because again, we do have the news of Justin Thomas, who's out of the travelers. We already mentioned Brooks Kepka, who had withdrawn yesterday. Maybe some of the bigger names on the board and how low might they go. I do think it's important to try to identify what we think a winning score might be. 
and certainly some of these head-to-heads and where you think you can get the best of the numbers before we get into yet another crazy weekend coming for the PGA Tour. Come on back. It is Lombardi Line right here in VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.